you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. Second Timothy chapter number four. Uh, if you, when you find your place, please stand with me for reading a re- reading a reverence of God's word. I'm going to read the first nine verses here, and then we're going to see what the Lord has for us uh, this evening. I don't have a, a lot tonight that I want to preach, but I got a thought that I want to share with you. It's going to be a I'm going to preach a little different tonight. Y'all ever heard somebody preaching line upon line, precept upon precept? It's going to be more of that style tonight. And so, um, um, but I've got an outline here for you too, and I hope. Uh, uh, that this is a blessing to you tonight, and I hope you get something out of it. I ain't gonna lie. When I was uh, I was trying to, to to get my mind together early in the week um, on what to preach tonight, and um, I was trying to trying to I had a hard time studying this week. Uh, we've had a, a crazy week at work. I've got I've had to take the COVID. I got to take took the COVID trailer out this morning. I got to take it out in the morning, and I got to take it out Friday morning. Uh, we're doing vaccines at high schools, and so I've got to drive it and take it out and different things. Not COVID vaccines, but the seniors get a Anyway, a shot, and we have to go take it to them, and it helps the kids that can't get to the health department or get to the doctor's office to be able to help them. But with that, uh, there's a truck that's got to be run. I got there this morning at 8 o'clock um, to load the truck up, and Brother Vince, this is a $90,000 Dodge Ram 2200 Unlimited Longhorn Edition. I'm talking about it's a more truck than anybody ever needed. About a $90,000 truck, and I got in it this morning, hit the button, it went, mm. and then I done it again, and I went, mm. and I went, that gone should have got a Chevy. Uh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, at this point, I'd have took a Ford at this point, but the battery was dead in it. Had to jump that thing off, then fly over to Eastwood. It's just been a crazy week, and it's been like that all week. And and I couldn't get my mind together, and I began to read um, uh, uh, of, a, of a website that I use um, a lot that just gives me little nuggets. Um, it's actually a website I've used for years, even back when I was a youth pastor. I'll share it with you. I wasn't going to share it with you, but I'll, I'll share this website with you. It's one I use. Um, uh, just to help me out with games and some different things with the kids, but I still re- uh, refer back to it for little nuggets for myself. It's called yplife.org. It's youthpastorlife.org um, is what it is. It's got stuff for the youth pastor's wife on it. Pretty neat little website, pretty neat thing, but they had a little nugget on there, and uh, this verse popped up with just a simple thought, and I'm not even going to preach the thought that's underneath it, but this verse popped up, and these or these verses popped up, and I'm here to tell you I began to read them, and tears came to my mind, came to my eyes. And it just uh, the Lord just really started speaking to my heart. And the Lord really started just showing me some things tonight um, for us to have for our church and to feed His flock tonight. And so um, uh, uh, y'all read with me right here and we'll see what God has for us. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, uh, verse number 1. The Bible says this, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they are, but, but after their own lust shall they uh, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall uh, turn uh, their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of that ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them, um, uh, them also that love His appearing. Verse number 9. Do thy diligence to come shortly 
unto me. Jesus, Lord, I thank You for what You do for us tonight, God. I thank You, Lord, for speaking to my heart, God, uh, reading these verses, God. And God, I pray, God, that You will speak to the heart of the listener tonight, God. And God, that they won't hear my words, God, but they'll hear Your words, God. They won't hear my thoughts, God, but they'll hear Your thoughts tonight, God. And God, I pray, God, that You'd get to their very heart tonight, God. And God, I pray, God, if there's some here to God that's just uh, that, that's just, just getting wayward, God, and getting tired, God. And God, I pray, Lord, that You'd encourage them tonight, God. And God, I pray, God, that You'd help us tonight and give us what we need. God in the service and we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor and the glory in Jesus name. Hit man and a man. You can be seated church. Um, this passage of scripture you got to understand where we're at uh, we are at the end of Paul's life we are at the end of, of Paul's um, if you want to say it like this earthly ministry if you want to look at it like that uh, Paul's heavenly ministry, ministry continues on because of his 14 books that he writes of our New Testament and so um, Paul is about to end he has decided to pick up the pen and paper and, and put pen on paper one more time and he writes to young Timothy and, and some people when they read this they say Yes, um, this is this is a preacher talking to a preacher, and and I get that to a certain extent, but I can't help but think um, that God put this in here to encourage us all tonight, just to keep on keeping on for Him. Can I say this tonight, Church? When we look around at this world that we live in, and we look at the troubles and the trials that we all face, uh, each one of us in here tonight, if we took the time, could probably come up with a with a sappy story that would probably even bring tears to our eyes uh, uh, about what we're facing in this life. But can I tell you, um, there's a God in heaven that loves each and every one of us. And um, there's a God in heaven that sent His Son uh, to die for us. And He wants to encourage uh, the saints tonight. And so church, I want to encourage you tonight. Usually on Wednesday nights, I try to take some time to teach. I do. I try to use tonight as a teaching moment. And the Bible says that a preacher should be apt uh, to, to teach. And, and so, so many times I want to teach tonight, but, but God really burdened my heart just to preach to you for a little while and to just hope, hopefully just encourage you uh, tonight. But when we look at this passage of Scripture tonight, I, first of all, uh, I see the charge to God's man. Uh, I see the charge to God's man. Uh, understand this, that Paul is fixing to be beheaded. He is waiting uh, for his doomsday if you want to look at it like that uh, he is waiting for the last breath that he's fixing to take and he writes in chapter number 4 he says I charge thee therefore before God that word charge right there is a military command it is not an option it is not a, an opinion it is not I think you should do this it is a demand it is, it, it is an order I charge thee therefore before God can I say this tonight if Joe Biden were to walk into church tonight. I'd have some choice words, but anyway, we won't go very far than that. But if Joe Biden were to come in here and he were to look at me and he said, and he say, I, I order you to do such and such. And you know what? If he's the president, I may try to do it if I can, if it, if it ain't something crazy or nothing. I'll try to do something to help him out. Um, I may introduce him to a mental institute or something like that that he may need or, or, or something along those lines. Or I may get him, get him into a, 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 some type of Alzheimer's uh, convention or something I'll send him to or whatever. I don't know what he needs. But if he were to need something, Brother Vince, I would do my best to help him. But can I tell you what? When, when Paul wrote this and he said, I charge thee, 
therefore before God. He wasn't saying, I charge thee therefore before the president or before the king or before your mama or before your daddy. He said before the God of heaven. And he goes on a little further. Um, he goes on a little further with this military command. He mentions the day of reckoning that this world is going to see. Um, this uh, the, uh, uh, the prospect of judgment uh, that we see here in this passage of Scripture. It calls for faithfulness toward God fearlessness before men, and encouragement unto us to go on for the glory of God, church. I see there's a military command. There's going to be a day of reckoning. It says, I charge thee before the God of heaven that one day is going to come. And He's going to judge the quick and the dead. He's going to judge us all. But then we see the charge that is given tonight. There's a charge that is given, the charge toward man. But look at the charge itself. He says, number one tonight, and I love this right here. This is talking to the preacher. Now, you may, this is a time for you to say amen um, because I'm having to preach to myself tonight, all right? But the Bible says this, preach the Word. Can I tell you what my 100% goal is as pastor of Pleasant View Baptist Church? Brother Grady, it's to preach the Word. I want to preach God's Word. As there's times, yes, I'm going to give you my opinions and I'm going to give you my thoughts and I'm going to give you some reseology if you want to say it like that. But can I tell you what? My overall goal is not to worry about all that. Not to get so wrapped up in, in, uh, on the opinions and the thoughts of this, uh, but to preach the Word. And to preach the Word that Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross for your sins for my sins. And, and that's where my focus is, wants to be at. I need to preach the Word. Uh, stick to the book. Don't get out of the book. And I say this right here. If you got, I, I want to be able to have as much confidence to say this, and I feel like I do, um, that if you got a problem with my preaching, then you got a problem with the book. And that's where I want to leave it at. I want to stay in the book. It's my challenge every day as I prepare uh, to preach the next message is to be in the book and to stay in the book and give you the book. I tell you right here, the Bible says this, preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. we got to be ready and be urgent. we got to use every opportunity and always press before our destination. Press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, as, Peter, as Paul said over the book of Philippians. We should do that. I'm going to tell you a story about being ready. Uh, be instant in season and out of season. We was in Bible college one night, Brother Vince. And our Bible college had some very... Wise men that taught it. Brother, Brother Jonathan Barker, uh, Brother Alan Barker, Brother Jeremy Simpson. Um, if you don't know anything about Brother Jeremy Simpson, that man is, he's smart. Uh, I'm telling you, he knows the Bible very, very well. Uh, I wish that I could just know a little bit of what he knows. I'm telling you, he, he understands it. And not only does he understand it, but he gets it out to the listener in a way that just makes sense. You know, the way his delivery, I just, I just love that about it. And, and, uh, but anyway, all of these men are in there. Brother, brother uh, Brian Cardwell uh, was in there and helped us teach. Brother, uh, uh, um, brother Todd McKeon had taught a couple of times. And uh, there's another one I can't think of. I can't think, remember all of them. Brother uh, 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 Calvary Baptist Church there in the Rural Hall of the Pope. Brother, brother Stephen Pope, um, he, he taught a couple of classes for us. I'm talking about some really good men of God that walk close with God and some men that I look up to, some of my heroes, was in this class. And I'll never forget on a Tuesday night, I'd been at work all day, Brother Vince. It was 110,000 degrees in work. And I'd sweated until I didn't know if there was any more sweat left in my sweat glands. And you've been there before, I'm sure. You know what that's like. Went home, jumped in the shower, jumped out the shower, turned on, threw on some Bible college clothes, you know, because when you're working in the heat, you ain't got Bible college clothes on working in the heat. 
Um, uh, you know, they, they said there was one preacher. Some of y'all can tell me who he is. Uh, there was one preacher that mowed his yard in his suit. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, he was just telling the, the, the devil that he wasn't going to win. And I get it, but I ain't, I'm weak. I'm telling you, uh, I couldn't do that. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I want, I, I'm sweating right now. What are you talking about? I couldn't imagine mowing the yard 100 degrees outside. We're in an air-conditioned room. But, uh, but anyway, I, 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 what I was getting to is I got there and I was rushing in. And to be honest with you, Brother Vince, I picked my Bible up that morning, probably around 6 or 6.30 or maybe even earlier than that, probably listened to it on the way there. But that's all that I picked it up that day. I was working. Uh, and you work, you got to work sometimes. You can't just, you can't just lollygag all day. You got to get some work done. And I hadn't already picked my Bible up. I know I hadn't studied to preach. I just hadn't asked my college. I ain't been preaching a year yet, probably, at the time. And I'm not going to, I went to Bible college just ready to hear someone be fed. We sat down, and the preacher taught the first class. And he got up there, and he said, all right, kids, youngins. Now he said, probably said men or boys. That's probably what he said. He said, open up a Bible, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And when he said, open up your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter number 4, I think I got the very first curve of my two for second in the curve of my paper um, before I closed my Bible or closed my notebook and knew what he was about to say. He was about to quote this verse, be instant in season and out of season. And as soon as he got that out of his mouth, he said, hey, three, you got eight minutes. And I'm talking about my heroes are here. And now, Brother Vince, i got to get up and teach Bible college. And I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. Well, you hadn't picked my Bible up since early that morning. No, I hadn't studied like I was supposed to. And he said, oh, he said, you got eight minutes. I got up there, and I'm here to tell you with the help of the Lord. I opened up, I believe I opened up to Revelation chapter number 3. And I preached over there on, on, on that, uh, 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 I forget, the church of Ephesus. And I, and I preached for about, I tried to teach, but I ended up preaching. It got so full in there and it got so thick in there. Next thing I know, every man, including my heroes, was bowed at the altar praying, begging God that he'd keep them right. And I'm here to tell you, I don't say that to brag on me. I say that to brag on God. That's what I'm telling that tonight for. But we got to be incident season. Now, you just never know when God's going to call your number to go witness to somebody. You got to be ready. Can you, I want you to ask yourself this question. If somebody came up to you tomorrow, cornered you and said, I need to know about your God. Are you ready? Are you willing? And can you lead them to your God? Can you tell them about the time you got saved? Can you tell them about the time you realized you were lost and undone without God and you could just start? And start? I'm telling you, if you can get to that point, if you'll stay right with God, I'm going to get there in just a minute where I'm preaching at tonight, but if you'll stay right with God, I promise you God will give you the words. He will, but you got to stay right with Him. you got to be instant in season and out of season. Then the Bible says reprove. The Bible says here, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove. That's conviction. Can I tell you what we all need to do? We need to look at our lives and reprove our lives. We need to look at our lives and say, God, what's in my life that I need to get out that's going to keep me closer to you? We need to pray that every morning when we wake up. God, what's in my life that I need to get out that'll get me that extra little inch closer to you than I am today? We need to pray that we're better Christians tomorrow than we were today. That we would be the better and be closer to God tomorrow than we are today. We need to have that reprove. Then he says rebuke. Uh, we need to rebuke. Men need to know sin's outcome. 
And it's our job to share it with them. It's our job to share it with them. Um, it's a warning. That word rebuke right there is a warning uh, to this lost and dying world. Uh, can I tell you what our life needs to represent? Needs to re- represent a giant warning sign um, that the life they're living is going to send them to a place called hell. But if they'll live this life with the life of Jesus and they'll accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, um, then I promise you this, that uh, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. It's our job um, uh, to rebuke rebuke and exhort. Bible says exhort. That means appeal, encouragement, and a pointing out of the biblical solutions. It's our job. But can I say this right here? All that's easy preaching and hard living, but here's the next harder part. What does the Bible say? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, rebuke. Exhort. What's the next words? With all long suffering and doctrine. Patience. I don't know about you, but I ain't got a lick of patience. I just ain't. I ain't got none. I, I'm telling you, Brother Vince, I, my patience wears thin. I'm telling you. Um, I, I, I get up there and I take me a, bo- a box of popcorn and stick it in the microwave and it never gets done fast enough. That microwave doesn't work quite as fast as I need it to. Anybody ever put a bo- pot of boiling water on? How long does it take to boil? You walk away, all of a sudden it just shows up. But I, what I'm talking about is patience. Uh, you better be careful praying for patience. God just may answer that prayer. But patience, he said, with all long suffering. People want an immediate response. We live in an immediate world. We live in a world where we push a button on our phone and we can order a, a car. We was in Elkin the other day, and I saw a Carvana in Elkin. I saw, I saw the, I was down, I don't remember where it was at, well, North Bridge Street, down there in Elkin. And I looked over, and here comes a car Vaughn. You know, you can sell and buy a car from your phone. I just don't know about that. My daddy told me I need to go drive it. I need to crawl underneath it and look. Make sure there ain't no oil leaks going on underneath it. I need to listen for the ticking. You know, and I need to make sure it's got a bow tie on the front of it. Can I get an amen right there? <laughs> but I, we're an instantaneous world. We can't wait for nothing. We can't. You say, I, I can. I can. I can wait for anything. I'll ask you that in, in, around Christmas time. How many presents you ordered online instead of going to the store and getting them? Uh, I'll ask you that later. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to that later. But anyway, have patience. Having patience. That's hard to do. But then there's doctrine and feeding. Um, all real preaching is explanation and application of Bible doctrine. People need to be taught. Can I tell you what you need to be taught? Can I tell you myself? I need to be taught. Can I tell you what I do several times during a week? I go to, I go to Amazing Grace Baptist Church. I go to their podcast, and I still get in my ear. Where they record the podcast, it's the only the preaching. Just, that, that's it, just the preaching. And it's usually between 30 to 40 minutes. I put that in my ear, and I get preached to. I tell you what, I go over there, and I'll find, um, usually Brother Jeremy Jeremy Simpson has a, I forget the title of their podcast, it's like 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day that he talks about the Scripture. And I put that in my earbud, and I'll listen to it 15 minutes a day. I'll go find me, sometimes I'll even go over there and find me a talk show. There's not many preaching talk shows out there, but there, there's some. And I'll find them. Brother uh, Kevin Broyhill has one. Um, Preacher's Workshop. Uh, I listen to it. I, I listen to theirs. They talk about football on there, and I say hallelujah to that. Amen on that one. And uh, we talk about, they'll talk about football, and, and then they'll talk about the Bible. And, and I'll try to just keep my mind being taught because guess what I need as much as you need is to be taught and have doctrine. I see the charge that's given there. But then there's a challenge to God's message. 
There's a charge to God's man, but then there's a challenge to God's message. This says, Bible says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall uh, heap to themselves, teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Um, there's a refusal of God's Word. Um, we see that they're, that they're going to turn their ears from the truth. Can I tell you um, what the world is today and what the church is today in America? They're turning from God's Word. But then there's going to be gatherings of teachers. How many people on, on Facebook now, you get on Facebook, go through those videos, and it won't take you long, you're going to find somebody that knows everything there is to know about the Bible. It ain't going to take you long. You're going to find somebody doing a little, what's them little short videos? They're called uh, uh, TikToks or shorts or or whatever it's called, Facebook Reels or something like that. And uh, they'll get on there. Next thing you know, they know everything there is to know about the Bible. There'll be somebody on. Bible tells you there's going to be teachings. Um, they didn't say there's going to be right teachings right here, but there'll be teachings because they're not following after the truth. Um, they, and they, they, they have the wrong desire. Uh, they do not want the truth. They get away with um, what they want instead of what God wants. Uh, um, there's there's going to be those in those days. And i got to move quickly here. I'm not going to get done tonight. Um, look right here. We see the, the charge to God's men and to God's man. We see the challenge to God's message. Uh, but then we see right here there's a change of God's methods. Um, the, 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 there's a conscious choice. This is not God changing. This is people trying to change the way God works. Uh, can I tell you right now, God works through conviction. Can I tell you while I got saved as a six-year-old little boy? It's because I got convicted that I was lost and undone without God. And I can, can I tell you this, if you're lost tonight, the only way you're going to get saved is if God convicts your heart and you realize you're a sinner and you bow your unworthy head and ask God to save you. Um, that's the way it is. Uh, it's not live the life like you want to and then get saved before you die. Can I say this right here? There'll come a time, and the Bible says this. I ain't got time to show you, but if you'll give me some time, I will one day if you need me to. But the Bible says this, that um, uh, or talks, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but there's going to come a time in a person's life when um, they may want to be saved, but they can't. Um, they got to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, Jesus said there, uh, uh, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and the, no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. Uh, they got to come by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. There's a time when God turns you over to a reprobate mind. And, and, and like I said, I don't have time to go into it tonight, but there's a time when you say no so much that you send away your day of grace, and, and even if you want to get saved, you can't get saved uh, because there's no drawing of the Holy Spirit. But those days will come, but God, the people make that choice of their own. But then there's a replacement of God's Word. Can I tell you what Satan wants to do? He wants to replace God's truth with his truth. And there's going to be just enough truth in his truth that will make his truth look like the right truth, but it's the wrong truth. you got to make sure you're following the right thing. Make sure that they're right. Can I tell you what? If I hear a preacher preaching, I go look him up. If I go find a, a good little outline that I like the way somebody says something, I go look the preacher up, make sure they're right. Make sure they're doing things the right way. You can't trust everything you see on Facebook. You can't trust it. You've got to make sure that they're living right. But anyway, there's a challenge to God's man. There's a, or there, there's a charge to God's man. There's a challenge to God's message. Then there was a change of God's methods. But tonight, I've not even got into my message yet, and I'm going to get here quick, and I'm going to preach quick, and we'll go home, eat some tater tots and something. Um, but, but I want to ask this question. Here's what I want to preach tonight. Paul right here was encouraging Timothy to do as he, he did. And that's finish well. He wanted to finish well. The Bible says this in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we also 
are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you go to Hebrews chapter number 11, you're going to find a list of Bible heroes, the hall of fame of faith, if you want to look at it like that. It's a list of people who finished well. It's a list of sinners that finished well. Can I tell you what I want to do tonight, church? I want to finish well. We're here tonight on a Wednesday night in the middle of August. We're sitting here on a church pew. What's going to keep you on that church pew in 10 years? The day you take your last breath, can you say, as Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Can we have the confidence? What's going to do that? It's going to take us finishing well. And how do we finish well? I want to do it like this as Paul compare. Let me, let me give, I'm going to give you a few things real quick. How are you going to finish well? And I'll get into this. How are you going to finish well tonight? There's some things that we're going to have to lay aside. If you're going to finish well tonight, you're going to have some things you're going to have to lay aside. You're going to have to lay aside those weights. The Bible says here in Hebrews chapter number 12, it says, um, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. So these weights that he's talking about is things that are not sin, but it's stuff that's weighing us down. I tell you what, I want to ask you this question. Now, what is in your life that's weighing you down? It may not be a sin. Last time I checked, there's, there's things on Facebook that is sinful, but Facebook itself is not a sin. Facebook itself, for you to get on there and look at what everybody's doing, that's not a sin. Just to do that action. But it can be a weight that doeth so easily beset you. It can be a weight. Can I tell you what? Your job can be a weight. Can I tell you what? Your, uh, your family sometimes can be a weight. Can I tell you what? Your flesh can be a weight. What is that weight that is holding you back and keeping you from serving God to the very best of your ability? What is that weight? Now, each one of us has them. We could sit here tonight like we're holier than thou, but each one of us has these weights that do it so easily beset us. Uh, I understand the sin comes next, but the weight's included in that. There's weights that do easily beset. What are those weights that we need to get rid of? But then what are those sins that we need to lay aside? Church, what sin is there tonight? Each one of us, I promise you, have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. What sin in your life do you need to lay aside um, so that God can work in your life? And then I've already preached on this, but I ain't going to go too deep into this, but we must have patience to run the race. Bible says this. Uh, um, it says, lay aside every weight, weight and sin, which do us so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Then we must, we must have patience. And I've already talked about that. I'm not going to go too deep into it. But then look what else the Bible says. Look right there in Hebrews 12. It says this, let us run the race with, let us run with patience the race. Uh, and the next few words we leave out sometimes, that is set before us. The race that is set before us. We need to stop trying to reinvent the wheel when it comes to running this race of life. And that God has already set your race in front of you. All you have to do is run it. So many times, uh, how many times is a, uh, we, we, we watched horse racing every once in a while around the house. Uh, especially this past year, my sister and brother-in-law went up to uh, uh, the Kentucky Derby and they were there. So it was interesting to be able to watch it while they were there. But can I can say this right here. Sometimes um, 
You can't win. A horse cannot win a race coming out of the blocks, but it sure can lose one coming out of the blocks. I've seen that before. A horse can't lose it. I mean, a horse can't win it from the blocks, but he also he can lose it in a heartbeat from right there. And can I say this right now? There's a race set before us. All we need to do is run. You're sitting here tonight and you're trying to search your will, God's will for your life. Can I say it? He's already set it there. It's there in front of you. You know what it is. All you got to do is take it. There's a race set before us tonight, church. God has set the race before us. We just need to follow Him and He'll guide us through the race. There, to finish this race, though, what are we going to have to do? Here's my message tonight. I'm going to give it to you. Give me just a couple minutes and we'll go home. Here's my message. Now, how are we going to finish this race? How are we going to finish well? thought about this today. If I was going to go out and run a marathon tomorrow, <laughs> bring the AED, the oxygen tank, and some type of motorized vehicle, Brother Vince, to come pick me up, all right? I don't want to go to the hospital, all right? But if I was going to run a marathon, I wouldn't run it tomorrow. Tell you what I'd do, I'd start preparing for it. I tell you what I do. I would. I remember when when I used to pitch. I'm telling you, I was swallowed up in baseball. I'm telling you, I done everything right. If I got in a hitting slump, and tell you what I done, brother Vince, I went and got the hottest pepper I could find and bit it because they told me that if I ate a hot pepper to get me out of my hitting slump. And I don't know if it ever worked, but I did it anyway. I was so. I would do everything I could to prepare myself. I didn't start preparing for the season in January. That season that started in March. Season started in March, ended in May. Can I tell you when I started working on the next season? May. Football players in the summer would be out on the, on the football field running drills. Can I tell you what me and my buddy was doing on the football field? We were throwing baseballs. We were sitting there. We were throwing from end zone to end zone. That's how it was called throwing long. And, and the Lord blessed me with a pretty strong arm. I could throw it through, through, the, through the end zone. My buddy could throw it from field goal to field goal. He could throw it through the field goal post. It was pretty impressive. We would throw long on the football field. We were preparing ourselves. And can I say what we have to do? We've got to start preparing ourselves. Your race may end tomorrow, but can I tell you what you need to do tonight? Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to end this race well. And how are you going to do it, number one? Now, this may be comical, but it's going to be all right. You need to eat right. If I'm going to run a marathon in the next couple of months, I'm going to start eating right. Those little, little Debbies got to go out the door. We got to eat right. Can I tell you what you need to do as a Christian? It's time that we start having a healthy diet of the Word of God in our life. Can I say this right here? You know, whether you know it or not, you were eating something, some type of information every day you were eating. You're either turning the news on and you're wrapping your mind and feeding your mind with all the news. You're either turning sports on, and, and, and I'm telling you, that's a weight for me. I have to be careful how often I watch sports. It can be a weight for me. But if, you, if that's all you do is turn the sports on, you're feeding your mind and you're eating up your mind with sports. Or maybe it's Facebook or maybe it's TikTok, Instagram, whatever it may be. You're feeding yourself with something. It's time we stop feeding ourselves with something and start feeding ourselves with the Word of God. My pastor said this, what you do with the Word, with God's Word, what you do with God's Word determines what God will do with you. What you do with God's Word will determine what God does with you. And that's the truth. If you'll get in God's Word, you'll get up around the things of God, I promise you God will show you that race that is set before you. He'll show you that race. 
and you can just run it. We got to eat right. We need to have a desire for God's Word, a genuine longing for the Word of God. Look right here, I need to eat right. But number two, told you I was going to preach this quick. Number two, not only do we need to eat right, but what else do we need to do? We need to exercise. We need to exercise. I tell you what happens when you start exercising, you get sore. I tell you what happens when you get sore, you start aching. And it's hard sometimes. Can I tell you what we need to do? We need to do what the Bible says in Acts chapter number 24, verse number 16. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscious void of offense toward God and toward men. What the writer is trying to say there is that we need to have a mind of God. And we need to not have an offense toward man. We need to have a mind that is focused with God. And how do you do it? You exercise that mind. Can I tell you what your brain is? It's a muscle. There's your, there's your anatomy lesson for tonight. Your brain is a muscle. And in order to make it stronger, you got to work it. Can I tell you what Satan's trying to do? He's working your mind. Can I tell you what you're doing? You go to TikTok and you spend 30 minutes flipping through TikTok. Can I tell you what you're doing? You're exercising your mind. You are. You may not think you are, but you are. And your mind is becoming numb to what you're seeing. And you are being exercised and your mind is getting so wrapped up in what you see on that screen. It's getting so wrapped up by what's going on on that screen that you lose a sense of reality with the world and you desire to have what's on that screen more than you desire to what God wants for you to have. We need to exercise our mind. Exercise ourselves to be godly. Practice. Being godly. Can I tell you what you should do? Anybody in here make yourself mad? I make myself mad sometimes. I do. I get mad. Some things this whole body does right here, some things this whole flesh does, I get so mad at myself, I could bite a 20 penny nail and a half. I get so mad at myself over it. Can I tell you what I need to do? I need to react to myself godly. Start reacting to my own anger uh, towards myself godly and if i'll start treating myself godly i'll catch myself when somebody else makes me mad treating them godly instead of treating them like our flesh thinks they deserve we need to exercise it i'll say this about exercise and i'll move on you ever exercised and got sore and your muscles hurt and they ache when you lift weights and you get underneath the weight and you begin to pump some iron you know i look like i need to pump some iron Instead of pumping table scraps, probably pump on some iron. But anyway, pump some iron, and you start feeling that muscle get sore. I'm gonna tell you, and I don't. I, this ain't this. This is this ain't no, no clear medical viewpoint of this. But it's just what makes sense in my mind. Your muscles are growing, so in order for your muscle to grow, it's got to separate. That soreness comes from your muscles separating. So what happens when you exercise? That there's a void that is created in your muscle and it is replacing itself with muscle. And can I tell you what? When you start exercising yourself to be godly, you're going to find your body becoming more muscular, more stronger in the things of God, and it's going to start hurting because God's going to start showing you everything you're doing wrong. He's going to start showing you where you're missing out. And you may have to let go of some things that hurt you. You may have to let go of some things that uh, are not your best, are what you something you love to do. You may have to just set it aside. I'm going to be honest with you, church. I've always been honest with you, and I'm going to continue to be with the help of the Lord. I'll, I enjoy Facebook videos. I do. That is my kryptonite, if you want to look at it like that. I love seeing a guy get on there and fall and get hurt. I get so tickled at those. I, I think it's hilarious. 
Uh, I think watching them people just act like a bunch of fools, as long as it ain't me, we're doing good. I enjoy that. But can I tell you what I've got to do sometimes? I grab my phone, I go to my Facebook app, and I hold my finger over it, and it starts wiggling. And then a little X comes up in the corner, and I hit X, and I say, delete app from iPhone, and I delete it. I have to. I had to do it not long ago. Morgan said, you see such and such on Facebook? I said, nope. Cut her off for a day. When I cut that thing off, I feel so much better. I'm telling you, I feel so much better. I tell you what we need to do sometimes. We need to cut the phone off. We need to cut the TV off. And we need to get our face off of Facebook and put our face in the book and see what God will do for us. Get our face out of Facebook and put our face in the book and see what God will do for us. Exercise. Then look right here, number three. I'm hurrying, I promise. Not only do we need to eat right, we need to have some exercise. But then we need to have an ear for the coach. We need to have an ear for a coach. My daddy wasn't, I don't think, was ever my coach that I can remember. Maybe when I was real little in T-ball, he may have coached me. But can I tell you, my daddy coached me better than any coach I ever had. My daddy would coach me. With, we, we could, I could be on the mound, Brother Vince. I could be standing there, bases loaded. I'm talking, I ain't through a strike in about six batters. And I'm trying to get myself together. I could stand there with my glove. And next thing I'd know, I'd see my daddy making his way to my viewpoint where, he could, where I could see him. And we could carry on a full-blown conversation and never say a word to each other. We had signs that Daddy would give me to tell me different things that I needed to do. Most of the time, it was the sign to calm down and straighten your hind end up. You're acting like a fool. Most of the time, that was it. That, most of the time, that was the, how the conversation went. If you throw at this next batter and you attempt to hit him, you're not going to have to worry about him charging the mound because I'm going to meet you there. That was how, usually what was, that was kind of the conversations that my Daddy had. But can I tell you this right here? Anytime I never saw my daddy with my eyes, I knew when my daddy was cheering me on or I knew when my daddy was getting on to me. I could hear him. No, he wasn't my coach, but I had an ear for him. Can I tell you what? You need to have an ear when God calls you down. God tells you to stop. When God gives you a woe. Look how many times the word woe is used in the Bible. I don't have the number, but it's a lot. It's a lot. God never put a go where he put a woe. All right, we need to know when the coach, our Father in heaven, says, whoa, and we need to have an ear for him. We need to eat right, we need to exercise, has an ear for a coach. And lastly, we come and get a verse of some song. I'm going to tell you this, we need to enter the race and know that we're a winner. I've read into this book, and we win. Can I tell you what, instead of waking up in the morning and going, if I could just get through another day, Wake up and know that you're on the winning side. Wake up and know that you've already come out of victor. Wake up and know that. And I promise you, that frown you have, God will fix it. I've never seen in my life so many Christians that walk around with a frown on their face. It drives me absolutely crazy. God died for me, and that's all I need. I don't have to live in, in, in defeat. Too many Christians are living this world. In, can I say this right here? You may say, well, I'm just not a positive person. I don't see the glass as half full. I see it as half empty. I see the I'm a half empty glass kind of. Can I tell you what you are? You're a person that doubts God. That's what that's who you are. You just doubt the ability of God. It's time that we Paul said, I'm trying to hush. Ashlyn, tell me to hush. I'm, don't, don't. I'm just kidding. Don't really tell me to hush. And Paul said this that we need to think ourselves happy. Think ourselves happy. We need to think it. 
Make ourselves happy. I promise you, if you start thanking God, it won't be long before we'll, you'll, start, you'll start smiling. You'll start getting a little, you'll, you'll see a little smirk on your face. You will. I'm telling you, you will. Anyway, as she comes tonight, or she's going to play tonight, as she plays tonight, why don't you come? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, I'm just tired. This race is hard. Can I tell you what? It is hard. Tell you what, if it was an old track coach at Surrey Central said it this, pretty sure it's down there on the sign at Surrey Central. It says if it's easy, everybody do it. It's not easy. It is hard. Sometimes you get tired. Can I say this right now? As your pastor, I get tired. I was walking walking out of work today, and I had my suit on. I'd go change clothes to get to church. I had my suit on, and a lady stopped me, and she said, you look tired. I said, I'm pretty wore out. I ain't going to lie. I'm exhausted. And can I tell you what? Sometimes we get tired in this race. Sometimes we get physically tired, but if if you've ever experienced spiritual exhaustion, that's that's the most that's the most tired you'll ever be in your life. Spiritual exhaustion will wear you out. Maybe you're facing that tonight. Why don't you come tonight and let God help you? Would you come tonight? Would you stand? And would you come tonight while she plays? God is as close as your next breath. You're tired tonight. You call on to Him. I promise you, He'll encourage you. And He'll keep you going.